Hey, I'm Steve Fallon. Thanks for downloading This Time What It's Like Being Freelance for exhibitions designer Rebecca Shippham. I gave myself a business name so that it, it was me, but it wasn't as well. I could write about what I did in the third person. So it wasn't saying, I'm Rebecca and I can do this, 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 this and that. And aren't I fantastic? I could start to refer to myself as a business. And actually, it was good because then I started to feel like a business rather than me sat in my living room doing designs. It sort of felt a little bit like I was playing at it, but when I gave myself a business name, it had a different mindset in me. I sort of thought, oh, well, okay, now I've got that name. Maybe I am a business. (laughs) So we've got Rebecca Shippham, who is an exhibitions and interiors designer based in... Where are you based? I'm based in Hull. Oh, very nice. Yes. So speaking to us just before she takes a holiday. Uh, so thanks for that. Because it can be difficult finding time to have a holiday when you're a freelancer. Yes. Um, this is the first one I've taken in ages. I, I've had a really busy uh, busy few months and I woke up in the middle of the night the other day and I thought, why don't I just take a week off? I am my own boss after all. Uh, so I'm doing it, which is unheard of. So I'm quite looking yes. forward to it. So. Oh, it's good. You've got to that place, though. But when it comes to taking that holiday, yeah. how does it like fit in with your clients and stuff? Do you just simply say, that's it, I'm out of here, guys? Yeah. And- um, I mean, I have picked a, a time where I've come to the end of a few projects, so I haven't left anybody in the lurch. Um, but I was, even then, I was still quite nervous about telling some of my regular clients that I wasn't going to be here next week. And I drafted out an email and then deleted it and then thought, no, I'll try again. (laughs) And when I finally sent it, they just replied saying, oh, that's fine. Are you going anywhere nice? And it was it was really straightforward and easy. I thought, why haven't I done this before? Um, (laughs) But I think anyone that's freelance knows that it's hard to uh, to take the time out if it's your livelihood. And, uh, you know, to not to not work for a week means no money for a week. So it's. It's a bit of a fine balance. Well, enjoy the ice cream. I'm going to. So why don't we get started talking about how you got started being freelance? Sure. Um, I went freelance because I was made redundant. So it was a sort of situation that I was in where I thought, right, well, it's either this um, or get another job in design, which is what I do, or get any old job for the sake of paying the bills. I was working in London at the time. And I've been working in London for about four years and I was starting to think that I was maybe a bit sick of London um, as much as it's great. And I, had, I had a great time there. It was starting to get a bit much and I missed home and my family. And um, So I thought, right, I'm going to go back home to Hull and set up freelance and see how that works out. And that was coming up to six years ago. <laughs> so it's worked out OK. It sounds like it's worked very well. Yeah. So, so the company that you were working for in London, yes. was that doing what you do now? So you, yeah. you sort of design exhibition spaces and things like that yeah. mostly, don't you? Yeah, my job in London, I had two jobs in London, but the one that I left was uh, very much exactly the same job. So I finished work there one day and literally didn't stop. I just carried on doing the same job. Um, so in terms of transition, it wasn't very different in terms of what I was doing. Um, it was just obviously a very different mindset because all of a sudden I was the boss. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued. Like when you say you were made redundant, how much notice did you have? Like, did you have, you know, the chance to build up a buffer of money or to build up, you know, your website and show off your wares? You know, how did that transition happen? Um, I think fairly standard. It was about a month's notice. And in that time... 
I did, you know, do a bit of cold calling and start getting ready to freelance for other people. And it was uh, my my old boss actually then employed me as a freelancer, so I had an instant contact, which was quite good um, to start me off. But I was amazed at how nervous I was at cold calling. It was. <laughs> It was like trying to, I'm not very good at selling myself, I wasn't back then anyway, so to have to pick up the phone and sort of convince people to work with me was uh, was daunting, but it worked. So, you know, cold calling can work if you, if you go about it the right way. What was your plan though when when you were cold calling like did were you targeting specific companies uh, I was targeting people near me back in Hull I was targeting people locally just to sort of say look I've moved back from London and I'm here and I do this job are you interested and there was two or three that you know, sort of said yeah actually you know we're always looking for new people um but I didn't really have a plan I, I didn't know what I was doing <laughs> if I'm honest I had I'd sort of lost a comfortable job paying me a wage every month and um, whilst I was ready to move back to back up north and get away from the big smoke, you know, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I was going into it blind. Um, so it's it's still quite remarkable that I'm still here. <laughs> when I look back at how I how my mindset was when I first went freelancer, I didn't have a clue. I didn't know what I didn't know how to do it. I'm presuming, given that you've been doing it for six years, that it didn't matter that you weren't in London anymore. No, that's the nice thing about freelancing I think and possibly this industry um is that I generally don't see very many people <laughs> you know I, I get emailed a brief and I will maybe give them a phone call to discuss the job uh, but other than that I will just basically email the design back so the chances of me actually speaking with someone face to face is very slim they just want someone to do the job which I do and then I email it back so in theory I could be anywhere in the world as long as I get the design back to them at the at the right time scale that they've asked me to, which is quite That's, it is nice. It's quite yeah, nice. especially because you know uh, people listening around the world won't know where Hull is. Oh, hello! Uh, you know, it's the north of England. Probably a couple of hundred miles north of uh, London. Two hundred, uh, two hundred and fifty, I think. So yeah, it's it's far more rural, and so the overheads of life are far less from yes. working in the city. So it's brilliant that you're, um, you know, that you can make that work. Yes, definitely. Your clients are that. Do you tend to go direct to companies who might be going to attend an exhibition, or do you? go to exhibition organisers or sure, agencies? Yeah. I don't know. Um, my main... Uh, I've got two main uh, strands of work. One is build companies who build the exhibitions um, who are approached by the end clients, say Boots or Audi or big names like that. They approach the builders, but the builders can build, but they don't know how to design, so they then outsource the creative work to me. Um, the other type of work that I get is through creative agencies who are very creative but are probably stacked out with work and can't fit in one extra job and then they outsource to me. Um, I have done two or three jobs for end clients but that's quite rare. Um, generally speaking it's through the middleman, say the build company or the agency where I get my business. Was this niche because obviously you're you know you're, you're a designer but you've got a very specific niche yes was that what you always set out upon how did you end up in that uh yeah I I'd started when I when I finished school and you were thinking about what you want to do in life I knew I wanted to be creative and interior design 
was quite big on British television at the time with Changing Rooms, um, which was quite tacky. But <laughs> it was when, when you're si- I'm Linda Barker. Yes, when, you, when you're 16 and you're thinking about what you want to do and you see people being creative, yeah. you think, oh, no, that kind of lends itself quite well. So I went and did interior design at college and I thought, right, this is okay, but what I'm designing here is people's living rooms, kitchens, bathrooms. And I really wanted to design spaces where I knew that many people would see and experience something that I'd created. Uh-huh. And my lecturers at the college said, like, you know, with this in mind, we think you should go and do this course, which is specifically about exhibition design. So it's a very niche area of design and it has its own degree. So I went and did my degree in that very specific area of creativity and uh, then then didn't walk straight into employment from it. It took me about two or three years to get the, the job in the right in that line of work but yeah it's very niche very very niche indeed and have you continued to have to invest in yourself because I notice that you do like you don't just obviously design them it's 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 kind of like an architectural type thing as well because it's such a 3d thing that you're designing and you create animations like is this was that all within your degree or have you continued to learn and Uh, you continue to learn the the computer packages that I use now they, I think they probably did exist when I did my degree, but I wasn't aware of them uh, because you use whatever the university has as a resource. And they're constantly changing and getting better, and you've got to keep up because behind you there's bright young things that are coming up that can use better. Damn them. Uh, I know, damn them. Um, that can use packages that you can't, and you've just got to, keep, you've got to keep going and doing what you can to make sure that your work is the best or the best that you can do. Um, there's always going to be people out there that's better than you. You've got to just sort of accept that, I think. Um, so, yeah, I do invest a lot of time in learning new packages. The package that I use at the moment, I self-taught over the last two years how to use it just to give me that extra oomph, like you say. I can now provide animations and uh, better visuals than I could when I first started out. Now, you, obviously, I introduced you as Rebecca Shippen, yes. but you you trade as rather brilliantly ships and pigs. Yes. When did that, um, <laughs> like, you know, when, when did you do that? When did you decide to trade as a company name, I guess? I think it was about maybe 18 months to two years in. Um, I'd been trading with, a, well, not trading so much, just, just with a, a standard website, Rebecca Shippen dot com or something and uh the thing about hull for anyone that hasn't been is it of oh, the north of england in general you don't really sp- uh, play your own trumpet because people will think that you're uh conceited shall we say um <laughs> so so i didn't want to sort of go out there and say rebecca shippen designs or rebecca shippen creator because it was just like it's so self-centered, it was my name. So I thought, I'm going to twist it and call myself Ships and Pigs, which is the ships and the pigs from the ham of my surname. So that it, it was me, but it wasn't as well. I could write about what I did in the third person. So it wasn't saying, this is I'm Rebecca and I can do this, 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 this and that. And aren't I fantastic? It was, I could start to refer to myself as a business. And actually, it was good because then I started to feel like a business where rather than me sat in my living room doing designs it sort of felt a little bit like I was playing at it but when I gave myself a business name it had a different mindset in me I sort of thought oh well okay now I've got that name maybe I am a business (laughs) (laughs) that's really good yeah (laughs) Yeah. I like that 
You mentioned working in your living room. Yeah. Is Do you still work from home or do you have a studio? Or? Uh, yeah, well, I've got a bit of both. My, my boyfriend um, has a studio space because he's also, also a designer. So I use a bit of that, um, which is helpful to make me feel as if I'm going to work. Um, even though it is... It's it's in the same building as as where I live, but it's just a sort of separate area, which is quite handy. Um, I think that's quite important because I did, to begin with, work sort of next to the kitchen, which was just too tempting. Like there was just too much food on offer. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now I, I work in a separate section of the building now, which helps me feel as if I'm actually going to work rather than just crawling out of bed. <laughs> and do do you are you like really strict on yourself because I noticed on your website like you you have your contact hours. Yeah. Which was nice to see it's like this this is when you can get in touch otherwise you know forget it. Yeah. <laughs> it's um doesn't work. It, oh really? <laughs> yeah. People still ring me at strange times but have you had a mentor through all of this be it a creative one or a business one? Uh yeah well but like I said, my boyfriend is a designer and uh, has run a business for 16 years. So when I first started, he uh, was like, well, look, this is, like, calm down. This is how you do your books. <laughs> <Calm> <laughs> and he, he guided me through that um, for the first year or two, uh, probably the first year whilst I got to grips with it. Um, since then, he used to come in and find me sort of banging my head on the desk saying, I can't do it. I can't design on my own. And anyone who is listening who is a designer or creative in any way will probably be able to relate to that in that when, you've, when you're a creative person, you need to bounce ideas off each other and sort of have someone to reaffirm that what your idea is is a good idea. And when you're sat on your own, you don't have that. Um, but then I joined Twitter and found other designers that were freelancers and started chatting to them. Um, and uh, I started to network through Twitter, and it's it completely transformed how I felt because there was other people on Twitter saying, oh, can someone just take a look at this design for me and tell me if I'm doing it okay, or just to have a laugh and just to feel, feel as if you had other designers there to, to bounce ideas off. Um, so... Twitter has saved my life, <laughs> which is really tragic. But um, it's the but truth. But it's interesting. I think yeah. as more and more people like work in a more isolated way, yeah. like that that isolation is I don't know. It's not very human. That's not what we're about, no, is it? Definitely not. So that's interesting, especially like because last week we. Um, we spoke to Tim and for him, Twitter was very much about promoting his yeah. business. Whereas for you, it's more like surviving it. It is. And just chatting to people who are mm. self-employed and you, you realise um, how many there are. You, know, you sort of do a search of freelance or self-employment on Twitter and uh, there everybody is. And you can just say to them, like, how do you find it? Or, you know, have you done your tax return yet? <laughs> you know, it's, Or even just talking about nonsense. It's just quite nice to know that there's people out there that that work on their own as well. By the way, we should I'll point out at this time, beingfreelance.com, there'll be a link to uh, to Rebecca's Twitter. Excellent. So now you can you can, you know, go go, go and chat to her there. Yay. You you mentioned your tax return, which is always a sexy subject. Yes. But how how have you coped with the finances oh, side of it? I I got an accountant. It was one of the first things I did. I keep on track with what my accounts are. I know how much money I've got and what's going out and what's going in. But in terms of the 
proper paperwork. I just I just hired an accountant because the fee that they charged, you know, it's sort of like an extra day's work for me. I just thought it's a day's work. If I can do one, I want it's a day's work a month and I can pay for an accountant and I think it's well worth it because it would take me about 10 days to do what they do in a day. <laughs> so, and you're hoping they've done it right, yes. whereas you're always a bit... Uh, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. I, you know, if, if they do something wrong, it's on their back. If I do something wrong, I'm going to get a big fine and that terrifies me. So, yeah. And I notice on your website, like you have this little badge for um, insurance. Yes. Presumably that's a big thing for you because you're designing stuff that people are going to be walking around and under yeah. and sitting on. And I didn't think it mattered and I've only got it in the last year, which is probably quite unprofessional, but it, it's with Policy B, uh, just a plug if I'm allowed to name drop. And they, they had, again on Twitter, they had cartoons which demonstrated different ways that insurance might matter and it sort of, it was quite a nice visual representation. And it wasn't just about the structural side of it. It would be if somebody, if you recommend, if I recommended, say, a builder to a client and the builder did something wrong, I could be, I could be sued for recommending someone that wasn't very good. And I thought, well, I'm forever recommending people because I'm nice and I like to share work. And I thought, hang on a minute. If someone did do something wrong, I could be sued for that even though it wasn't my fault. Um, and there's many other reasons why you wanted to get insurance. But I thought, yeah, now's the time. Like I said before, when, I've, when I got a business name and I started to feel like a business, I thought, right, well, I need to start running it like a business then and getting insurance and the, the things that matter to, to protect me. It's, it's a really weird mindset to think that I'm employed by myself, so therefore I have to protect myself from my business it's a weird one when you're the boss but yeah if I go out and I get damaged then I am I am insured for that through my business <laughs> we kind of touched upon the the lonely sort of thing but um and mentorship but I'm intrigued because as well as doing your business you also are helping teach or inspire oh, yes. uh, younger people right yes tell us a bit about that and how you got well, why you did it, really? You're, you're, you're busy working, and you've not got time for a holiday, but no, I'm going to take time out and help other people. So how did that come about? Um, well, I, um, I won Freelancer of the Year uh, for 2015 at an award Good. show. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, and as part of that, I got some prize money, uh, £5,000, which is quite a lot of money. And... Um, I used to teach when I first finished university I taught for two years taught design and whilst I enjoyed teaching the paperwork that goes along with teaching is just awful so I left um, but my my partner my boyfriend is also a teacher and he teaches design as well as being a designer so between us we've got quite a, a unique set of skills in that we're both working in the design industry and practitioners but we also have teaching experience um, and Part of, when I got the prize money, I thought, if I just took this, what would I actually do with it? I would probably buy maybe a new computer, but I don't need a new computer. And I don't need new software because the ones that I've got are fine. So I thought I would invest it into something that the pair of us really feel passionate about. And that's sort of encouraging creativity, but also informing people about self-employment, um, particularly young people. Because when I went self-employed, it was a sort of, well, I've got no other choice. I'm going to have to do it. But we now think that self-employment should be seen as quite a viable option from, you know, when, when you're considering your options at school. 
what do you want to be? I want to be a, a lawyer. Well, have you considered self-employment? It's never really said. And we think it's quite important to get that into people's mindset that it's, it's a perfectly good opportunity, or a perfectly good career path to choose. So you set up creative briefs, yeah? Yes. And is that local to where you guys are based? Yes, it is. We do um, talks at schools and workshops. Um, but then also just like creative projects that are just fun. Um, not necessarily sort of saying this is about your career path. It's just about getting people involved in creativity. Um, but being able to teach and also know how design works in the real world is two really useful things that have helped it make make it quite successful. So that must be really rewarding in itself. Yes, and it gets me away from my desk, even if it's just mm. for one day a month. You know, it's not a regular thing particularly. It's it's every now and again, as and when we get bookings. And it just gets me away from my desk for a while and just, just to be able to get out and get back to the bones of creativity rather than getting designs done for clients, you're getting designs done for fun with people who are interested in it, which is great. And you take a lot from that? Yes. And then you go back to work refreshed because you've had a day out. <laughs> so it's, it's quite nice. It's a good balance. Yeah, I really like it. Well, again, a link at beingfreelance.com to, to Creative Briefs because it looks really cool what you guys are doing. Thank Good you. on you. Thank you. But also, you, I mean, you touched there about the fact that you won, your, you were named as Freelancer of the Year yes. 2015 yes. um, by, was it IPSA? IPSA, yeah. It stands yeah. for the uh, Independent Practitioners and the Self-Employed. They are essentially the voice all self-employed people and that they will liaise with government particularly about things issues that affect the self-employed whether it's different tax or um all sorts of things they, they go and discuss them on our behalf um which is i didn't know about them until i entered the competition um and then when i was named the winner obviously fantastic but it really made me realize how important it is to have a, a voice like that on a body like that that will support us because like I said before you you are you do sometimes feel as if you're on your own and to know that there's people there fighting your corner for whatever it is that matters it's good it's good to know yeah so maybe worth other people ch- checking them out as a, a UK organization yes, yes um but when it came to entering that award had you done anything like that before uh no um I didn't really enter awards mainly because as I keep touching upon, I didn't feel as if I was actually a business. Um, but this was a, an award to find a top freelancer. And I thought, well, that's that sort of rings quite true. And there were particularly, the way that the competition was described, was, it was very much about the small businesses, whether you were a baker or a designer or, um, you know, just sort of independent people trying to make a living doing what, what you love. And I thought, that sounds like me. So I sat down with a glass of wine and churned, down, churned out a, an application um, and then got shortlisted from that, which was fantastic. Uh, I thought, that'll do, you know. Just to be shortlisted was great. Um, but then it went through all the different processes and then I was crowned the winner, which was an amazing achievement. I was delighted. How did you find that process? Because when I've uh, entered awards, when I've worked you know in the past for companies and stuff uh even just the entering of it i have found has like been quite a motivator for everyone within the company as yeah. in you're celebrating even internally hey look what we did over the yeah. past year this was awesome yeah it's nice because when it's it, when it was a written application and it asked you to say things that you're proud about yourself and it forces you to think okay what am i proud about and when you write it down you, you step back and think okay i've done quite a lot because <laughs> you do you you can forget it if you if you are 
on a day-to-day basis working hard just to be able to step back and see something that you've you've done even if you've just written it down it's quite nice just to be able to sort of stand, step back and say oh yeah yeah I'm doing okay really <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's interesting because there's other trade bodies and stuff you know like chambers of commerce yeah. and uh, federation of small businesses and stuff like that you've you've not have you touched upon any of those uh, no actually I should probably check them out um, in fact, I'm going to do that this afternoon. <laughs> See if they've got any competitions on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've I've ended up like like hosting at like some of these award events, and I sit there and I think actually this looks rather fun to enter. Yeah. This looks like, and then actually off the back of it, if you do win, you can obviously put something on your website, call yourself the award-winning freelancer, yes. or um, use it in marketing locally yeah. in the papers or whatever it might be. It's it, people like to be. I guess, um, feeling like they're working with somebody who's successful. Yes. Or, you know, it, like... Yeah, it gives you a certain status. And that's a mental thing as well. It makes you feel better about yourself. And I think you... I've certainly seen my work increase in quality since winning because my confidence has increased. Because someone, ah. someone sort of said, yeah, you're doing well. That's really nice. That's great. Um, man, there's so much I could talk about. But... <laughs> I always do this. Tell me three facts about yourself or your career. Make two true, one a lie, and let me figure out the lie. Fine. I've had to write these down. I've <laughs> got notes here. Right, so firstly, I always make time to watch Homes Under the Hammer, which is a TV... I didn't realise we are going to have international listeners, but it's a TV programme in the mornings about um, selling homes, and it's, it's quite trashy, but I enjoy it. Um... <laughs> I've got a, a designer who I speak to regularly who gives, we give each other pep talks, is my second point. Uh, we bring each other up and tell each other that we're amazing because we, we tend to forget. And my third fact is that I once sat next to a famous designer called Ben Kelly. Uh, he, I think he designed the Hacienda nightclub in Manchester in the 90s. But um, I once sat next to him on a plane, but I didn't know who he was um, until I got home and everyone went crazy. You've sat next to Ben Kelly. Who? <laughs> so, so that, oh man, these all ring true. Hmm. Why? I mean, to make up Ben Kelly on an aeroplane, why would you? Uh, uh, what? What was the first one? Sorry, I uh, normally write these down. Oh, Homes Under the Hammer. Homes Under the Hammer. I always, I always make sure to watch that. I stop work to watch that every day. And you have so you deliberately take time to watch Homes Under the Hammer. You see, that's almost. <laughs> That's almost confessional, isn't it? Yeah. That's and then there's, um, what was it? Oh, and you 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 have a fellow freelancer. You tell each other that you're amazing. Yes. You see, now that could even be your boyfriend. Uh, mm. But then playing the house under the hammer. You, do, I don't. Ha ha! No, because these all sound really. You see. I kind of why would you pick homes if that wasn't true why would you pick homes on a hammer I, I like I do like the thought of seeing your schedule in front of you for the day and that is blocked out you, in fact you should put it on your website as well as office hours oh, yeah, sure, so yeah. it should be like 9 till 10 30 and then <laughs> half an hour cleared out for homes under the hammer or whenever it is um right in that case I'm gonna have to say that the person who you tell each other that you're amazing that's not true Ooh, I'm afraid you're wrong don't do it. The lies, the homes under the hammer. Da! I don't stop work. <laughs> don't be silly. <laughs> Actually, that should have been the clue. <laughs> I love the fact that you picked homes under. Do you know, I, I was going to say Jeremy Kyle, 
Um, uh, no, but then I remembered that he's now. on now while we're chatting. I thought that would just give it away. So I checked. I actually checked the TV guide this morning <laughs> to see what was on. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I like the let for you commitment for you put to the deception. Thank I didn't. You. I didn't know that I could lie so well. I. I also usually say like if if there's one thing you could tell your younger self something about freelancing, mm-hmm. what would you tell your younger self? Um, my young. I would tell my younger self to stick to what you're good at because when I first went freelance I tried to be all things to all people and if someone rang me and asked me to do something that was maybe a little bit outside my remit I would say yeah okay give it a go and it wouldn't be quite right in myself but then when I discovered that if I stuck to my niche which is exhibition design I could do that really well I got more business out of it so I do see a lot of designers that that start off and they, they've got a website and it says we do web design, graphic design, we do 3D design and it's like everything and I think no just stick, pick one because then people know when they're ringing you exactly what service that you're offering and what they're going to get from you. Um, that works for me anyway. Find what you're good at and do that. Don't try and do more. Really nice. Hey it's been great chatting to you. Yes. Thanks so much. Thank you. And enjoy your holiday. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. It'll be fun. Don't, don't waste it watching Homes Under, <laughs> no, under the Hammer. I'll turn the telly uh, off for the one. <laughs> <laughs> Take a look at beingfreelance.com. We'll put links to Ships and Pigs and Creative Briefs and Ipsa. And don't forget you can find us on Twitter at Being Freelance. Reach out to Rebecca because clearly she likes it. So uh, <laughs> do that on Twitter as well, which is always good. And yeah, share this. You know, if you are chatting to other freelancers, share this podcast with them. Uh, would be awesome. And if you've enjoyed it, leave a review on iTunes because it really helps us get found. It's not just a an ego boost though it you know i it's, i do print them out and like wallpaper the house in them but th- that's not the main aim uh, rebecca thanks so much and all the best being freelance thank you very much i enjoyed that thanks for having me on